A rough three-game outing can't be completed without having a special guest. Welcome, Dub Nation, to another episode of the Catching Dubs podcast. We're your host. I'm Ethan with my co-host, Zach. Our special guest today is a host and producer of the Two Jabronis pod and a huge influence in the sports podcast industry. A warm welcome to Ben Cruz. Ben, thanks for coming on. It's a great pleasure to meet you. Zach, Ethan, great to be here. You're too kind with that intro, but uh, I'll take it. It's, it's, uh, I don't get compliments these days anymore, being married and uh, having a kid, so I'll take it when I can get it. I appreciate it. Of course. All right. I guess we'll get right into it. So first, we'll ask Ben some questions. Um, I think both of us were looking at your Instagram page, and we have a question about that. Um, we saw that you were able to meet Baron Davis, CP3, Draymond, uh, yeah. LeBron. Uh, our first question is, which or what is your favorite NBA player that you have met? That I've met? I mean, that one's kind of easy. It's Steph Curry. That picture's not on my uh, on, on my Instagram because it was a uh, – so I used to work uninterrupted, uh, and you just, you just kind of – fall into meeting these these kinds of people uh these you know these superstars these megastars uh so i worked with draymond i was i produced his podcast um and uh he was doing some shoot in oakland some uh some video shoot so i i I stopped by there um and then afterward um i I had heard like i had i heard steph's name from uh from maverick who was my boss and I was like, "Did you? Uh, are you guys talking about Steph?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, he's coming by. Do you want to stay and meet him?" And I was like, "Uh, yeah, absolutely." Uh, so Steph is definitely one of the uh, if is my favorite person athlete that I that I've I've met. No shade to Draymond because actually I did work with him, <laughs> but he's he's <laughs> equally as great. But Steph was a, uh, I mean, look, it's it's Steph Curry, it's the best shooter of all time. Like there's there's just this kind of weird aura around around guys like that, you know, and. Maybe it's because I hadn't worked with him directly, and but uh, he's he's definitely up there. Uh, BD, very uh, very close. Um, also an awesome dude. So it was great great to meet him as well. Got that uh, got that starstruck stuff. Like just like oh my god, you don't know what to say. Like oh he's like my idol or something. Like, yeah, it's right and there. You know it's you know working in sports, you you try to lose that right. You try to become just objective, um, and you you know. But it's it's difficult. Like when you watch these dudes play every night, they're just on TV doing all these incredible things with a basketball that you wish you could do all the time, and you and you know you can't. Uh, and then you <laughs> see it up close, and you see that that guy up close, and it, it just it, it's it's almost unbelievable, right? It's it's unbelievable that you are of the same species as as all of these guys, um, but to be in the same room as some of them is 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 super special. Yeah, that's, I would honestly love that. We would both love that. It's kind of like both of our dreams just to meet like Steph, Draymond and all that. So it's pretty cool to hear that. All right. Um, so question number two, uh, I saw that you worked with the Light Years podcast with Sam and Andy and <laughs> yes. Um, and then we also saw that you used to work at Bleach Report uh, on an interrupted uh, Warriors world and we're wondering what's the secret behind it and how did you actually execute the ideas from like behind the scenes um 
if because you since you were a producer for light years pod and etc yeah i mean my journey to here has been weird to say the least it's 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 been circumstance it's just kind of being in the right place at the right time talking to the right people um i i had no intentions of working in the sports industry at all going to school and whatnot um and then there was just this uh, my, my wife who was my then girlfriend at the time we had this conversation in a wendy's parking lot uh in livermore just kind of about the future you know how you have those those like deep talks with your significant other that like you you don't realize are gonna be deep talks anyway uh she was like hey you should you should do something in sports like you you clearly love it and again just wasn't in my in my plans uh, i reached out to uh to matt steinmetz who's a host now on 95 7 the game uh and i had my first informational interview with him and from there it just kind of took me down this path uh, like everything i feel like happened so quickly uh where i started writing for warriors world uh, i just got connected to him through twitter this so this is like early twitter right before warriors world was getting banned all the time <laughs> for uh for for doing nothing uh free sheed and uh, from there, it, that uh, that led me to my career at Bleacher Report, where I was doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff, as you mentioned, um, working on the app, um, the newsletter team, and whatnot. And from there, I got super, super lucky. I met one of my uh, one of my mentors, one of my big brothers in in the sports game, Jimmy Spencer, who um, is a was at that time just a, a big writer, a big NBA writer, right? So we we crossed paths at Bleacher Report. And he left after he left, he randomly sent me a message on Gchat. And, and like, I rarely ever check my Gchats. Like, I don't think Gchat's even a thing anymore. But he was like, hey, I'm starting to work at Uninterrupted. And uh, obviously, I knew what Uninterrupted was because they were partnered with Bleacher Report. And he was, I, uh, so initially, I thought he was coming back. And he's like, no, no, it's this thing that Maverick and, and LeBron are starting. I just said, hey, if anything ever comes up, let me know not thinking i'd hear anything and then a couple of months later um jimmy connected me with maverick and uh had my interview and all of a sudden i was there like i was at uninterrupted working i was actually doing video stuff um so like i was working with athletes on like video content and within a couple of months of starting there they wanted to start a podcast network and i had had some experience doing some audio stuff uh from school and I did it, and my the, the first episode that I produced was um, open an open run podcast with LeBron as the guest. So it was right after they come back from three one, and like <laughs> I had to sit in that like in the I was also sitting in the room. I was like LeBron is over here, Mavericks like over here. I was I was working with Jesse Williams, who's an actor on Grey's Anatomy, and um, I was like looking around the room. I'm like this is insane. Like I don't there's if if people looked at this picture and was like who who doesn't belong it would easily be me but <laughs> it was also this moment of like listening to lebron retell game seven um of of the uh of the 16 finals and it was so painful but it was it was also amazing uh and then so yeah i from there helped start up the podcast network and it, it just kind of led to like i love podcasts i've always loved podcasts um you know from from the bill Sim early bill simmons days and and mark Marin and all of them uh, to to now and I've gotten a chance to to do some again some things I'd never imagined I'd do like to work with Draymond was 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 like a dream it was like a fever dream because it lasted it didn't last that long but it was it was awesome and then uh, to work with guys like Sam and Andy 
who um, who are just incredible. Like they're they're so good at what they do, and they're so good at interacting with their fans and engaging with them, and 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 built the way they've built that audience. Like I got to see behind the scenes how they do it and and why they do it, and, and it's absolutely incredible to watch. So um, it, it it's it's just been an incredible journey to even to even like it's even like recollect like that and think about it. it it's it's kind of wild. So thanks for uh, taking me down a stroll down memory lane. I appreciate it. No yeah, problem. that's that's like a wonderful journey. Like your first podcast was with LeBron. Man, that would have been heartbreaking just to sit there like, oh, not this thing again. <laughs> like, I, yeah, just... it, it was a moment of like where I learned I had to check my my fandom at the door, right? Because I also had to live in the moment where I was like, this dude's going to be one of the best players of all time when it's all done, said and done, right? I'm listening to him retell these stories. Um and obviously I lived it because I saw it on TV, <laughs> but to hear him tell it, uh, it was, I mean, it was next level. Uh, and I'll, I'll always remember that moment. Definitely a once in a lifetime experience for sure. No, absolutely. All right. And then our last question would be, uh, is there any advice for aspiring media people who want to get their names out there? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's very similar to what my uh, what my wife, my girlfriend then at that time, told me to do was just reach out, right? I, I think now with Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, was actually how I connected with Steinmetz. Um, it's you you never know how or if someone's willing to help you unless you unless you ask. And that's the crazy thing too is like the sports industry is a very very competitive space but there are so many friendly people who just genuinely want to help. Like they don't, um, you know, one of my favorite quotes is, is from the rock, obviously I named, we named two of our podcasts after him. And he says, um, you know, it's, it's, it's nice to be important, but it's important to be nice. And those are the, uh, the people that I have gravitated towards to in this space, um, and have helped me get to where I am. So my first piece of it, my only piece of advice is to really just ask, questions like talk to people who are in the space because they've had to grind to get there and, and and to you know figure out ways to get in because not everyone's journey is the same right like a, there i think there used to be one universal journey to kind of be like a sports writer right like journalism school uh or like you have to have a passion for writing then journalism school then you get on a beat and then you know you do all these things and then you have guys like ethan strauss who's one of the best writers in the game on the game of basketball period forget the warriors in the game of basketball he's one of the best minds and he didn't go down this traditional route right like he went down probably the more modern route of you know he was writing for warriors world he's writing for uh he was he was on bleach report for a minute so um it, it's it's talking to everyone especially now just with all these outlets and with all these avenues where you can break in um is just to talk to people and shoot shoot that shot Basically, just go f full Steph Curry, thirty-five feet. You never know who's gonna respond, man. Like you just, you just don't. And and I think that's the, it's that's the most beautiful thing about this. Got to full send it and take that leap of faith. Got to take I, that leap of faith. For sure. I, look, man, absolutely. And, and and you you just never know. You just never know uh, because like I I attest all the time. Like I'm not. I, I I'm extremely lucky to be here. And like I've 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 just kind of put my head down to try to get here. But I've also just talked to and learned from uh, a lot of people who who know <laughs> more than I have in these spaces. And, and that's why, you know, I feel very fortunate to, to be where I am today. 
I also love that quote that you said earlier, how it's, um, it's nice to be important and it's important to be nice. That's like a great way to live by. So thanks for that. Real oh, best, no, of like, course. Great. I mean, look, if, if The Rock, the biggest movie star in the world, um, if, if he lives by that, who, who are we to say that we shouldn't do the same? You know what I mean? So uh, I, I live, live and die with everything, with everything by The Rock. Yeah, I'm just going to touch on that. I feel like 2020 for me, I feel like I learned to step out of your comfort zone and to do like with me who wants to go into the sports media industry, eventually probably going to transfer from community college to go to a school to study that. I feel like the best way to get opportunities, just shooting your shot in someone's DMs, a big writer's DMs, and who knows that they could respond. It's just the main thing of stepping out of your comfort zone because if you stay in that little bubble, I don't think you're really going to get anywhere some of the time. That's yeah, just my I mean, thoughts on it. No, it's, 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 it's very, very true. And I mean, it's like I said, it's a very, this is a very hard industry to break into in any capacity. Um, but if you're kind of crippled by fear to even take that first leap, to even make that decision to do it, um, like you, you just, you won't, make it right like it's 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 cutthroat on the court and on the field but it's also cutthroat just to get in and to cover <laughs> the field and the court so um and and it, so it takes that first leap it just you, and you just have to do it and, and and that's the right attitude to have and as long as you're nice about these reach outs which you guys were you guys were super super nice um you know reaching out and i appreciate it but that's that's all you gotta do you just you just gotta ask you know just gotta ask yeah, for sure. So moving from from that to the Minnesota games, like I just want to hear your your thoughts on the whole Minnesota games. Like, were you impressed by the whole thing? Even if like without Carl Anthony Towns, without D'Angelo Russell, was it really a statement game, or is it just a little fluke that we just saw in those past two games? I mean, I definitely don't think it was a statement. Either one were a statement game. I I think the Warriors are better than than the Timberwolves. I think that the Timberwolves are pretty awful especially without cat and delo like if you if the warriors couldn't beat them back to back with a day in between without their two best players the warriors have much bigger issues so i mean it was nice to see them get back into rhythm and that that's where i thought tonight's game against the suns would go a little bit different because look sometimes teams just need that right to, to find that rhythm again and to and and confidence like confidence goes a long long way like in, in sports in general but especially with Steve Kerr teams and the Warriors this iteration of the Warriors the past couple of years is like once they find a rhythm they'll they'll generally be okay now look the, this roster has its flaws it, it, they might not ever find a rhythm especially with the way that Kerr is tinkering in and out with with the roster um like Michael Mulder and Damian Lee now my god like they they couldn't hit anything tonight, and and they were they were in a groove until Steve Kerr decided to plug Jordan Poole in for some reason, right? So, um, the Timberwolves games were they were reminders that the Warriors aren't bottom feeders, and I was I was like, great, I'm with that. Tonight was a reality check that without Devin Booker, right? Like I thought the Warriors stood a chance, and like we can I guess we can harp on you know the back to back and the travel, and you could kind of see that just in the way they played, but. Man, the Timberwolves game, much like their other victories this year, kind of a they they gave us some hope that I don't know is 
you know, you're like, oh, the Warriors, like, I think, what are they now? Like, they're the five seed or six seed. I can't believe, I can't remember who, like, how that's all it's like separated. It's fluctuating. It's like yeah. fluctuating between, like, five and ten. Yeah, they're, they're like GameStop stock, you know? Um, <laughs> so, Shout out GameStop. <laughs> so, they're, like, they, this is pretty on brand with, I think, who they're going to be and who they are for, for the rest of the year. Yeah, so, like, with the whole starting lineup change, you know, we were expecting like, oh, Ubre would kind of take that second unit role, but we just saw Looney and taking the place of Wiseman. I was wondering if that was a good move moving forward instead of Ubre. And I was just kind of seeing what the thoughts were on. From yeah, I mean, it's. I I figured it was going to be Wiseman just because. Look, he's a rookie. Like he hasn't really. Like you, you can make the argument that Ubre has earned the right to be a starter, right? Like he has he been awful <laughs> to start the season? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Would it would it have made more? Yeah, right. Would it have made more sense to slide in like a Damian Lee, or you know, to add some shooting next to Steph? Absolutely. I don't. I think. I always think that there's more than just Kerr, kind of being arrogant and saying, "Hey, you know, Looney will get us on a, off to a faster start defensively." Like, okay. There's just also the fact that Kelly Oubre makes how much he's making like sixteen million dollars a year plus whatever penalty tax plus like the luxury million, tax penalties. Yeah. So like you're gonna bench this dude? Like it, it just doesn't make sense. And now I also think that they want to feature him with the starters to like crank that trade value. I, I think that's part of their thinking as well. Like they're not they're not trading Wiseman, right? They're 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 just not unless this this Bradley Beal thing comes to fruition, which I I don't think it will. But they they have to feature Ubre. I, I think that's just they're they're trying to up his trade value, and they're also not trying to bench a f- literally, not literally, what's figuratively a forty eight million dollar player, right? Like that just that just would be a bad look um, on them and and you know on, on Bob Myers and Joe Lakeup for approving that move. So th- I think it was I think it was a fine move. Like Wiseman played fine, uh, and like I you know I was listening or I heard Marcus Thompson say this. Um, I believe it was on their on after the game after they made the move to uh to put Wiseman on the bench and and Looney in the starting lineup. Like if Wiseman can't recover from this mentally, then he's not the guy that we think he's going to be. If you can't survive being benched your rookie season, then what are we doing here? Like you you got to be like Steph Curry was benched his rookie season. AC Law yeah. was taking shots in front of the best shooter to ever play the game. Like you just got to you got to take your lumps sometimes and learn. Um, but look, man, we, I think we just got to weather this Ubre storm <laughs> for, for a little while longer. It's going to be like a roller coaster this entire season. One game, he was like amazing. And then the Suns game, he just kind of like just disappeared and made God awful plays. Like it was bad. Yeah. And like, I think on, like, I think if Clay's around, I think if the, the you know, this roster structured a little bit differently, like you can kind of have those hot and cold nights with Ubre because look Steph has been pretty solid you know he's had some off games here Wiggins has been surprisingly consistent Draymond's doing Draymond things and like I've always been in the camp that I thought if Clay didn't get hurt I still think they make the Ubre move I just think for depth purposes and like I think Clay's gonna do his Clay thing and if Ubre's struggling like this it's not as big of a deal right so I think it's it's just highlighted and focused on more because he's literally probably the the third most important scorer right and he's just not scoring right now on a consistent basis anyway 
Yeah, that's been the problem with this team is the whole inconsistency. Like, like first quarter, we can have great games like against the Spurs and then the Timberwolves. And then we just kind of like stink it up like against the Knicks and um, the Utah Jazz. Like, it's just going to be that that season, I guess, with how we're playing. Yeah, and I mean, that's also the, the roster construction too. Like, there there's a severe drop-off <laughs> in talent after Steph Curry right that's just the reality of the situation that's why he's getting boxed and won to death um that's why the people their teams can defend him the way that they can now is because they also don't have any shooting the warriors like michael Mulder, damian lee are, are probably their their next best shooters and they're a little unplayable right now like damian lee can't guard anyone Mulder can't shoot all of a sudden um and now Steph's on an island and and so it, I'm not I'm not like shocked or surprised about how roller coaster of a season and how how it, they've been fluctuating in terms of their success you know so it, it's frustrating to watch for sure but it's also it's it's also par for the course I feel like yeah for sure Zach would you like to add anything to that? agreed all the way one hundred percent um just to touch on something I think. I think James Wiseman, surprisingly, I think he's taken it quite professionally. I think there could be Mm -hmm. some rookies who would stomp their feet, clap their hands and say, why are we, why are you benching me? I'm the second overall pick. And I think Wiseman came out in those two games and proved that he can be a starting player in the NBA with 25 points and a career high in the second game of the back to back with the Timberwolves. Um, but I also think he's young. He's 19 years old. He's only played three games in college. He had a year off, and he's obviously looks inconsistent on the floor and looks a little rusty. Sometimes he can't catch the ball. Sometimes on defense, he <laughs> yeah. falls for the pump fake way too much, like we saw tonight. Frank Kaminsky was getting him in the air a lot. Um, just Those are my thoughts on Wiseman, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think – the tools that he has are very, very like as he gets older and as he he gets more reps in the league, like it's it's going to play out. Like you you see the infrastructure there for him to be really good. He's making all the typical rookie moves. Like he's still for all his shot blocking prowess that you know they claim for him to have, he still allows a shocking amount of layups by smaller guards. Right? It's it's like I I always think oh he's definitely gonna block this shot, and he might get to only a handful throughout like over the course of a couple of games. So it's um, like we, he's fine. He's, he has the tools to be, to be solid. He's, he's also trying to learn this Kerr offense, which is like beyond confusing. Probably. It, it's, it's crazy. Like you're 19 and you, you probably haven't played organized hoop in almost a year. And now you got to learn all these, all these back cuts and where where Steph's running around like a, like a jackrabbit and like where you're supposed to go and you're probably just used to setting a pick and rolling and you know kind of simplifying it and like that's just not part of the the game plan every night so he you can see it through you can see it it's the game is still really really fast for him right like you see him being overwhelmed sometimes you see Draymond pulling him to the side letting him know like you know where he's supposed to be and what he's supposed to do but you know, he's also playing against grown men <laughs> who've been doing this for a few years now and, and know how to exploit rookies and how to make them look like rookies. I think that's been the problem with like this whole season is the fact that this like, Steve Kerr system is too complex for like the new guys. Like 
Ubre, Wiggins, Wiseman, obviously for sure. But now it's like now it's becoming even more apparent with the Suns game. And as they lost 114 to 93, like it was just all these mistakes, all these turnovers, fouling. It's like there was no defense, no energy in there. And I'm just wondering, man, like, is this how we're just going to see this, how this entire season play out? Like, I mean, I like to, I still think I'm in the camp of giving Kerr more credit. I know, <laughs> I know everyone's calling for be fire, like on Twitter now. It's, it's wild <laughs> how, uh, how fast things kind of change after, you know, a couple of, like two bleak years of not going to the finals. But I mean, the system worked when uh, there was, look, People are going to say, like, oh, they had Kevin Durant and Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. They also had a lot of high IQ players to make it all work, right? Sean David Livingston. West. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, Andre Iguodala, Sean Livingston, these guys who just, they understood what Kerr wanted them to understand. And now you have a bunch of guys, Kelly Oubre, Wiggins is starting to figure it out, right? Like when Wiggins was first in this offense last year, he, there were nights where he just looked awful and, and confused and terrified. And now, He's getting more comfortable. It, it takes some time to get adapted to this because now you're you're playing like let's 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 focus in on on Wiseman and Ubre, right? Like these are two guys who have their whole careers playing bat playing organized basketball have probably used their physical abilities, which are far superior to the common man, <laughs> to just be better at basketball, right? Now all of a sudden you you're you have to think the game. The, there's the curse system is just constant movement, right? There's a reason why. KD was able to dominate the way he was because he had so much freaking space. Obviously, he was surrounded by the two best shooters of all time. Absolutely. But also, those two best shooters of all time have a lot of space to operate as well. So, the system works. I think Kerr is sometimes too stubborn with, like, sticking to it. Um, but there are times where he he has let Steph go. and he, he's, I think he's starting to realize that he can't just run the same system that he did with with the championship teams and he's he's starting to become more malleable but i think with the the current schedule of the nba as well in terms of like practice time i mean half the time that they're off the court they're either traveling or they're taking COVID tests right like a lot of the stuff that you read is just there's not a lot of practice time and to your point earlier maybe those are the nights where you, hey you simplify it right like tonight against the suns maybe we don't run 9,000 back screens for Steph. And maybe we just run a couple of Steph, Wiseman, Steph, Dre, pick and rolls, and like let everyone react. Because look, they, they got into Phoenix last night at 2 a.m. They had to travel and do all that stuff. Playing on a back-to-back, -back, it, it, it's rough. So I will say I'm still a fan, and I still think Kerr is, is, is a great coach. Um, and he is starting to, I feel like he's starting to move a little bit in terms of like his stubbornness, but, um, it, it, he's obviously not going to change it overnight, right? He's not going to go full Harden and be like, Hey, let's just run 9,000 pick and rolls for this game or, you know, yeah, for this game and just have Steph chuck 35 footers as fun as that would be. Uh, I just don't think that that's conducive to winning basketball either. Yeah, I, I would say I would agree. Like, yeah, of course the system worked. Like there's no question. There's no doubt about it, but it, the thing is just the personnel, obviously, that yeah. you surround the system with. Like you have Steph and Draymond running those um, those sets, and you you throw it to a corner to Kelly Oubre, who's been struggling. So obviously, there's going to be questions that that come like obviously that come up and focus on. Yeah, her, like, and, yeah, and I mean, sorry to cut you off. It's just if if good. you know if Oubre 
shoots anywhere close to like his career three point percentage, it's probably fine. But he's he, this is this is some historic stuff, right? It's it's almost kind of impressive when he at the rate that he's missing because yeah, his it's, confidence to shoot the three point ball. Sorry to cut you off, but no, it's please. like impressive how much confidence he has just letting it fly like that every night. Yeah, and like he's a, what a career 33 34% three-point shooter. So it's like that's fine. Like you you can clearly make it. And he's it's it's clearly look, I mean, all these NBA players can talk all they want about how oh look, we don't read we don't read the headlines, we don't read Twitter, we don't read this that. They definitely read it and it's it's definitely getting into his head. So I think it's just going to take some time for now there's these trade rumors. He's he's got to work it out. And um if not uh, there's a, there's some new trade rooms out there for him. So I think people are calling. So speaking of the trade rumors, like, do you think the Warriors should pull the trigger on that? Or like, they should just like, okay, we should just ride with Kelly Oubre and like go until the season or should they probably get some assets for Kelly Oubre? I mean, it depends. I mean, which ones are specifically are you talking about? Are you talking? I like, guess like the main one was the Pelicans with Lonzo with Lon- and JJ. That was like the main one that's been coming up. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually talked myself into that uh, with some with some friends through text. Where I was like, at first, my initial reaction was Lonzo. Like, I can't shoot either. And then you think about just his playmaking ability and his how he he's pretty solid on the defensive end, and. He could play with Steph um, because it's also another ball handler, which I think is another one of their problems is that they just don't have another creator, right? Like Draymond is, he's a great passer. Uh, he's not necessarily out there breaking down the defense, right? He he, he knows the passing lanes, um, more people are going to be. Wanamaker is serviceable, but like that should be in short spurts. They just, other than Steph, you're, you're kind of hoping for <laughs> That's why you're hoping for the system to work, right? So I would, I'd be fine with Lonzo. The the one I was more intrigued by, and is probably even less likely to happen, was uh, I think it was written by Jonathan Charks from The Ringer today. Uh, it was just he was throwing out like a Bradley Beal trade, and that's why I mentioned it earlier. And it's 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 highly unlikely. It's it's insanely unlikely. It it just piqued my interest because the thought of Steph Beal, or like I guess next year Steph Beal, Clay and Dre. Like sign me up for that. Like just inject that into my veins and let's let's run the season. You know what I mean? That that's that's the kind of trade rumor that I'm in for because obviously it would cost a lot. But look, that that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at at this point of the season. Zach is salivating right now. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I'm a big Bradley Beal fan, but after what he said last night about wanting to stay in Washington, which I perfectly understand, you want to be loyal to the franchise who drafted you. But come on, when you start three and ten and you have Russell Westbrook on your roster. Hey, it kind of gets. If I was Bradley Beal, I would be tired of losing already. And with how Washington, I don't know how they performed last year, but I mean, I think he needs to go to a contender, and I think he would improve a team. I mean, yeah, I, I feel bad for him. Just those pictures of him sitting on the bench after dropping forty-seven, yeah. and just bawling his heart out, and still losing. And you know, he's saying all the right things. Like he can't. He's not going to go you know, demand a, a, a trade kind of full Deshaun Watson yet, um, yet anyway, right? Like yeah. we'll see when the, uh, the frustrations boil up, but, um, I, I'm down to, I'm down to save Beal. We, I think that's what we should, that's the movement we should start. Yeah. And I think to touch on the Lonzo thing, I think 
I don't know how he would fit in with the Warriors, but I feel like he presents a better high basketball IQ than Uber does, just in my opinion, I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you see, like, he's not a great shooter, and that, 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 solves, yeah. that doesn't solve that problem. Mm-hmm. If you throw in Redick, I, I, I forgot how the money matches up. If you throw in Redick, saw, fixes, puts a Band-Aid on the shooting problem. But um, Lonzo with Steph is intriguing. And I think he is. He's he's he. I think he would fit in. Um, how much and would that make him a championship contender? No, and TBD on the fit. But um, at this point, I'm I'm just kind of willing to to shake it up. Like we've we've kind of seen the Ubre thing. It, it, I kind of feel like how we we felt after the D'Angelo uh, after we saw D'Lo just hooping with the Warriors, right? You're like. Yeah, he's not a Warriors guy. So at some point he's gotta get out of here. And I think that I think we're starting to see that with Ubre. Yeah, like the whole Wiggins experiment, like the way it's been going out, it's been playing out, it's been really successful, I think, in my opinion. But now with the Ubre Ubre experiment, it's been a failure. So I feel like for me, in my opinion, I feel like it's just time to move on at this point. I feel like we kind of saw enough to to merit like, yeah, this guy's not gonna be part of the system moving forward and just gotta have to look forward to other other guys who can probably make a difference on that on this team yeah it's just constant movement and he just if he doesn't have the ball he's not constantly moving and that that's a problem that's a problem in the system you just you just got to keep moving or or at least at least be a willing passer i think that's his biggest problem too is just he's not he likes to shoot and he likes to score and that's fine but when you have steph curry on the team and and james wiseman you should probably be looking to pass the ball a little bit more, Andrew Wiggins. So it's uh, it, it's definitely frustrating. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Yeah, like, you know, like when you're watching the games, like you see Kelly like standing in the corner like a statue. Like he's not moving. He's not, you know, setting those those back screens for Steph that we're usually accustomed to seeing. So I was like, man, is it any is this any going to get any better at all? And I'm like, I'm hoping that Ubre learns and fits in, but like it's not working. Uh, like just to be honest, it's not working at this point. Yeah, I, I mean it'll work against the bad teams, right? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it'll, it'll work against them fine. It won't work against the teams who are good and are coached well. So it's uh, I'll, I'm I'm interested to see how it all plays out. And um, either way, like the Warriors aren't winning the title this year, so I, I'm just I'm ready for them to set up next year right like make some noise in the playoffs remind everyone um about you know Steph. i think steph wants to remind everyone who he is and that's fine but we just we just gotta load up and, w- and wait for clay to come back and it'll be all right yeah i mean the whole clay stuff like we're just kind of banking on the fact that he comes back at least 80 percent, 90 percent and i i don't know like katie looks great yeah obviously looks great coming off achilles john wall looks great too so I got hope too that Clay's gonna, you know, come back at least the same. But who knows? Like, yeah, I mean, those those guys had more than a year to come back from that, though. Like, that's a, it's a brutal injury to come back from. And if Clay does come back at the start of the season, I I, I don't think he'll be there right at the beginning of it anyway. I think he's got to take his. I think the Warriors are gonna slow play it too, um, especially you know coming off the ACL and then now this. They're they're not going to risk rushing him back. Uh, over the course of an 80 if if they're playing 82 games next year there's there's literally no point because they should know if if he's at 100 percent um they'll be a legit team obviously who knows who else they're surrounded by but 
Clay is a big piece of that puzzle, and they need him to be right for everything to go right. Yeah, if Bradley Beal's on that team, they're a legit contender in the Western Conference. <laughs> if Bradley Beal's on the team, like put Clay in bubble wrap and have him come back at the All Star break. Like that's, <laughs> exactly. that's what you do. That's what you do. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta go all in. Like so, like we're trying to like. I think this team is like. I think trying to find a balance between developing James and like going all in with like you know not making sure like I'm not wasting the prime years of Steph, Draymond, and Clay. So it's like. How are they able to find that balance, especially with right now? Like, it's just, I guess they're trying to find that balance and I think they're trying to manage, but I don't know. Just, I'm just throwing stuff out there. Yeah, the I balance. mean, I think, I think they got to run Wiseman out there more. I mean, the only way he's going to learn and develop and become better is through just game experience. Like, I think that's the biggest downside for me in terms of him not starting is you just kind of admitted that it hasn't been working optimally, right? So you're like, hey, we got to find a better fit here. He's got to make mistakes. He's got to learn from them. And the best way to do that is in-game development because, again, their their practice schedule is probably all kinds of messed up now. Like, you can, you can kind of even tell by the Warriors' Instagram, like, during a regular non-pandemic season when they're practicing – you know, four or five times a week or whatever it is, they update their Instagram pretty frequently. It's just like, hey, Splash Brothers are practicing today. Not a whole lot of practice pictures these days, right? There's just it's a, it's a lot of, you know, footage from the last game and, and all this like uh, bankrolled footage, uh, B-roll footage that they've had for that they probably filmed right before the season started. So I, I think you just got to run Wiseman in there and, and have him learn, like have him learn with Steph and Draymond, uh, and, and Wiggins, and I guess I guess Ubre to some extent, but you know I guess Kerr is very stringent with his his rotations, and you know he he does that to protect them, and I understand that, but I think you got to throw Wiseman in the deep end and have him figure it out. That's that's the best, and he's still I think he's the best center, right? Like he's the best center on the team right now, so he he's got to figure it out, and that's the best way to do it. Yeah, I think you just got to put him into some crucial minutes. Like, in, I noticed earlier in the year, there were some fourth quarters where just Wiseman never came on the floor. And I think that's the best learning experience for him. And I think that's how Eric Paschal has developed into the player he is today. He played crucial minutes. He started, obviously, the Warriors weren't in contention whatsoever last year. But I think he just needs to be on the floor during big moments in the game so he can learn during big game situations yeah and i mean i guess they haven't protected him as much as it's it's so different too right because they haven't had this high of a pick and have been tasked with developing someone like this since probably steph right like every other draft pick has been just a little bit lower like they got lucky with clay and then they started to become kind of good so they never like you have your Jordan Bulls your Festus Azili's of the world but you know picks out of the lottery you, it's kind of like uh, catching lightning in a bottle right like the Spurs kind of do it pretty frequently but for the Warriors to do it who knows it, you know I see them being stuck between a rock and a hard place with with Wiseman because they obviously have like you guys said they're trying to win now with someone who doesn't quite know how to win now. And I think that's, that's, that's a difficult line to toe. 
Uh, I, I still think they can. They, I still think they can do it with Wiseman. I think Wiseman's legit. He's just he's so skilled. He's so skilled, and he has Draymond next to him to cover up some of his mistakes. Um, but they just they just got to keep letting him learn, and uh, you know, limiting his minutes sometimes just doesn't make sense. You know, and it, that that's what boggles my mind the most with him. Yeah. So like like because like like the bigger question arises like. You know, can Wiseman develop enough to like the whole like the the core's window to win now? Like I think it's like three to five years at max. So like, is it gonna take that long for him to fully develop to like um, contribute to like this championship team? So it's like you just have to wait, I guess, just to see if he can develop. Like probably. Yeah, I mean it's it's tough to say, right? Because especially with big men, I feel like big men just take no matter how good they are, unless you're Shaq right? and you're just yeah. physically more dominant than every single human being on the planet, everyone takes time to develop. Like Joel Embiid, now one of the best players in the league, there were questions at the beginning of his career. DeAndre Ayton, who they played tonight, now that dude looks super legit. At the beginning of his career, there were a lot of question marks. right? And that, I feel like this is just typically how it goes. And you're right. There is like a three- to five-year window with developing – big men specifically and look Wiseman's also only 19 right like we can't I guess you can't just thrust those expectations onto someone that young outside of like a LeBron or something like that um but I mean honestly that's why one of these when we're talking about trades and like now I think we're entering that atmosphere where like Warriors fans don't want to trade Wiseman but I would love to do just a straw poll of like would you rather win a title within the next like two to three years, which means trading Wiseman or wait it out and have, you know, potentially waste like the Steph clay Dre years and build around Wiseman moving forward. I, I personally, as, as a Warriors fan, I'm done with the building around somebody like we've, I, we just had too many false starts with that. Right. Like, there, there were just too many Mike Dunleavy's of the world and uh, Ike Diagu. You're like, these are the guys. Spoiler alert, they did not end up being the guys. We had, to, we had to draft the best shooter in the world after the Timberwolves inexplicably passed on him twice uh, for for the worst to even be in this conversation. So, look, if, if there could be a way to have best of both worlds, to keep Wiseman, and to get someone like a Bradley Beal... Like, look, I'm all for it. Who isn't? But the reality of the situation is you're going to have to make a tough choice here. And I'm in the camp of, look, if if there's a deal out there and it's probably going to cost more than just Wiseman, it might it might cost the T-Wolves pick next year too, um, and probably Oubre or Wiggins, like, you got to do it. Like, Steph, Clay, Dre, that's a, that's a dope three. That's a dope core three when all of them are, are firing in all cylinders. And you got it. You got to You got to put them over the hump. You you have to. Like, there's just a window with this stuff. You know. That's where I am. That's right. Yeah, I'm definitely in your boat. Pick winning now. I think. I'd it, like to keep Wiseman, but I mean, more championships and developing James Wiseman. I'm gonna pick more championships. I think. Look, it's still not even a guarantee, right? But I think to put yourself in that position is is something that you you should definitely look into. 
And um, look, I, I I like Wiseman. I like him. A lot. I just, you know, for everyone to be <laughs> the way they talk about him and the way they kind of treat him is like he's he's guaranteed to be the next guy. Again, it's it's there's still no guarantee, even though he's the number two pick. It's, it's just not there. I mean, the Nets went all in when they got James Harden, so I mean, they could follow the same path too. Who knows? Right. the The Nets have a. I think they have until next week <laughs> to win the championship, <laughs> and then they're screwed. So the uh, no, I mean exactly. Some teams do it, um, and it's it's funny you mentioned the Nets. I can't believe they're doing it again. By the way, like they oh, did yeah. this in in thirteen <laughs> when they when they got KG and and Pierce. But hey, I I also as I as I mentioned earlier, kind of talking about my journey through sports. Shoot your shot, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just just freaking yeah. go for it. Who cares? It's just sports. And you might win a title. You might mess around and win a title. Bradley Beal. Let's get it. I don't know. Bradley Beal. I don't know who else is out there that the Warriors could pick up that may be on a rebuilding franchise that wants out. Or Yeah, I mean, he's. I think he's the only name out there now that – I think. well, I think people are hyper-focused on him now because – just of how well he's playing and how terrible the team is doing, right? It's it's very similar to, you know, another cross-sports reference here, but it's very, it's very Deshaun Watson-esque, right? Where you could see the frustration, like, all, all last year with the Texans, every time the Texans would lose, they would cut to Deshaun Watson on the bench, super pissed off. Now they're doing the same with Beal. And, you know, the, the media's probably f- firing that up because they want this trade to happen. Like trades are just in the league. Probably the trades are sexy. Like it draws <laughs> attention. So um, once you push that narrative. Yeah. But will Bob Myers do it? Pull the trigger. I have my doubts on that personally. I think, I mean, it would be a lot. That, yeah. that would be a King's ransom, right? For, for Beal. Um, and again, you, you're, you're talking a lot of first round picks. Like if you include include Wiseman who I'm assuming yeah. would have to be involved. It's definitely so, you're getting give, giving away your whole future basically. Yeah, it's it, that's that's what it comes down to. Are you willing to mortgage your future for an immediate window? And <laughs> as I always say, it's not my money. So let's let's just do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's just kind of half it's kind of like uh, at a poker table. You just go all in. You just got to go all in sometimes. Yeah, that's how I play poker. That's also why I'm terrible at it. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know if uh, Bob should be listening to uh, to my advice, but that that's what I would be doing if I was the Warriors GM. All right. So I guess that's going to wrap it. Um, we really appreciate you coming on, Ben. Is there anything you would like to say to the listeners out there? Your red carpet moment. Oh man, no, I appreciate that. Uh, no, I mean, Zach, Ethan, thanks, thanks, guys, for having me on. This, this was a lot of fun. I always love talking Warriors. I don't, I don't get to talk enough Warriors, uh, obviously, because I do, uh, I do a wrestling podcast, so that would be inappropriate. <laughs> also, my co-host is a Lakers fan, so it's annoying as hell. Oh. <laughs> but um, no, it's uh, you know, if you, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Cruise Control. It's Control with a K. Uh, the same for my Instagram. Uh, if you like wrestling, uh, I have a podcast, Two Jabronis with a Wrestling Podcast. 
Uh, we release every Thursday. We just actually dropped a new episode this morning. And um, yeah, man, I, I, I'm no longer producing the Light Years pod, but you know, Sam and Andy are my guys. So you should go listen to Light Years as well. Listen to this pod. After you listen to this pod, go turn on Light Years. Uh, just there's a, the you know there's not enough uh, Warriors talk, as far as I'm concerned. So, um, but no, guys, thank thank you so much for having me on. This was a lot of fun. No problem. Cool stuff. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to episode number thirteen of the Catching Dubs podcast. Uh, big thanks to our special guest Ben Cruz. Uh, make sure you check out his podcast, the Two Jabronis Podcast, and make sure you follow him on his socials on Instagram um, at cruise control um, C R U Z um, K O N T R O L control with a K um, um, and make sure to follow us on our socials on Twitter at dubs pod and on Instagram at catching dubs pod. And we'll see you when we see you. Thank you again for listening to episode number 13. Thanks, y'all. Tune into the next Warriors game, and we'll see y'all later.